The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. An update on power outages. How many Austinites are still left in the dark and which schools will resume classes tomorrow? A close call at the Austin airport. What caused two planes to almost crash into each other? What a way to rebound. 70s here this afternoon and this isn't the last of it. We'll show you more warm days ahead of some real soaking rain in first warning weather. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining us. I'm Mike Rush. Thousands of people in Austin are still without power, many of them going on day six, and Austin Energy still does not have a timeline for when it will be fixed. Today, officials gave an update on the recovery, saying that workers were able to restore power to more than 34,000 customers since yesterday afternoon. That brings the total number of Austin Energy customers with power to 93%. Officials say restoring electricity to remaining customers will likely be more difficult and take longer because of the extent of the damage. Still dealing with hurricane level devastation. The biggest outages have been restored. Those are where the ice and vegetation damaged whole or entire circuits. We are now focusing on the most complicated restoration efforts, the smaller outages with unique damage like you can see behind me. And the pace of restoration is slow and steady. The challenge is great. So here's an update on the power outages in the Austin area. There are 35,000 Austin Energy customers still in the dark this evening. Austin Energy says it is unable to provide a specific time estimate for system-wide restoration, but hopes to have an update by tonight. Meanwhile, the city of Austin is tackling the monumental task of cleaning up the fallen debris. The city has contracted three crews to help in that effort that starts tomorrow. In the meantime, for those who don't want to wait, the city has opened up the Hornsby Bend plant on FM 973 in southeast Austin, where people can drop off their fallen limbs and trees. The plant is run by Austin Water. In a typical month, that location may see about a thousand customers. Yesterday alone, there were nearly 400. And here's what is happening with all of that debris. What they do is they use all that vegetative waste, they grind that up into a mulch, and then they mix that uh, mulch with the biosolids from their treatment facility there. Uh, and they make that into a product that Austin Water Utility has marketed as Dillo Dirt. That Dillo dirt is sold at landscaping companies. Since crews will be coming to neighborhoods starting tomorrow, city leaders are asking you to move your cars, your basketball hoops, or anything else that might be in the way in the road, and then also slow down when you see the crews out there so there are no accidents. Keep everybody safe. And here's a serious reminder of how not to deal with your debris. Austin Fire says one person has life-threatening injuries after pouring gasoline to burn a tree stump. It started a flash fire today on Georgian Drive in North Austin. That person is hospitalized in critical condition. Tomorrow, Austin ISD plans to welcome students back to campus. Yesterday, seven elementary schools were without power. Now today, only one school remains without power. That's Hill Elementary School. It's still under a power outage. Officials will offer a modified school day at an alternative campus if the power doesn't return this afternoon. Families and staff will receive an update from campus principals sometime today.
Meanwhile, Thrall ISD, and for that matter, the whole city of Thrall is still under power outages. All Thrall campuses are 100% without power, and the decision to cancel classes will be made later today. Round Rock ISD announced today nearly all school campuses will reopen tomorrow. Only Forest North Elementary School remains without power. Campus families and staff will receive updates this afternoon. Well, if you need to hit the rails to get to work tomorrow, we've got some good news for you. Cap Metro says full service rail operations will resume tomorrow morning beginning at 5.40 a.m. Rail service cancellations extended through this weekend due to continued power outages in the area from last week's ice storm. All other Cap Metro services have already resumed operation. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Certainly more ideal cleanup conditions continued here today. This is how it looks outside now from our camera in Liberty Hill, our Whittlesea Landscape Supplies camera, where we're at 73 degrees and it was 70s across the board and we're still there now. Low to mid 70s, even some upper 70s in the hill country, although these numbers should cool off. This is a good 10 to almost 20 degrees warmer than we were this time last evening. So uh, truly incredible weather here today, certainly made for aiding the cleanup and the continued restoration of power in the area. Clouds and radar is completely clear. We expect you stay clear through at least nine and just a few clouds as we approach 11 as temperatures stay reasonably mild in the 60s before dropping into the 50s here by 11. Coming up in first warning weather, we've got more 70s, not just today, but a few more days of this to come. We'll highlight that ahead of our next storm, which is arriving on Tuesday and continues to Wednesday. We'll time out the heaviest rain as well as the severe weather and flash flooding risk. We'll give you an update to that in first warning weather. Thanks, Nick. We have some sad news to pass along to you. A child is dead and an adult is injured following an auto pedestrian crash in North Austin. It happened yesterday afternoon on North Meadows Drive. Austin Travis County EMS says the child was declared dead at the scene and an adult was taken to Del Seton Hospital with serious injuries. This is a developing story. Not a lot of details available now. You can stay updated by clicking on this story at KXAN.com. The city of Austin announced this week that it will receive a nearly $23 million grant from the U.S. Department of Transportation to make our streets safer. The city says Austin Transportation plans to implement safety improvements at more than 60 locations. At least half of project funding will be used for underserved communities. Improvements could include things like traffic signal installations, high visibility crosswalks, added turning lanes, and other changes. The Federal Aviation Administration is looking into a near collision yesterday at Austin's airport. The FAA said that a FedEx flight had been cleared to land on the same runway that a Southwest flight was cleared to use for departure. Officials said the FedEx plane discontinued the landing and the Southwest flight departed safely. Very, very close call in that one. Meanwhile, a fire at Bush Intercontinental Airport in Houston delayed flights and forced passengers and employees to temporarily evacuate a terminal. According to United Airlines, the fire was reported early this morning in an employee locker room in Terminal C. The airline says 23 of its outbound flights were delayed 
Firefighters put out that fire and everything is back to normal. Nobody was thankfully hurt. Classified documents and how they're handled by U.S. officials. What one Navy vet says about guarding classified information. And a daring cliff rescue out in California. How far one woman's vehicle fell before she was rescued. As questions mount over the handling of classified documents by current and former U.S. officials, we are taking a closer look at how government secrets should be protected. NBC's Alice Barr sits down with a former Navy submarine officer who was charged with guarding classified information and a national security expert for context on how officials are expected to handle this information. I loved the Navy. For Jimmy Jones, a trip down memory lane is more like a deep dive. That was my first submarine. The retired Navy lieutenant commander spent more than a decade on nuclear missile submarines with the mission to go to sea and remain undetected. As part of his duties, he kept close track of any classified documents on board. And I would have to inventory them and uh, provide secure storage. When people needed those documents, they would be signed out, take it back, log it back in. So when he started hearing about classified material found in the homes of a sitting and former president and vice president, he had to wonder. How did this happen? I mean, someone must be accountable. If you're at the Department of Justice. It's a question Aram Gavur has been pondering too, a national security expert and associate dean at George Washington University Law School. He teaches about protecting government secrets. It's a real big problem for a sitting president, the person you know where the buck stops at their desk, to have that problem. The classified documents found at President Biden's home and former private office date back to his time as vice president and as senator. Current senators have questioned how sensitive papers made it out of secure areas known as skiffs. They always ask, are you clean when you walk out? They want to make sure you're not carrying anything out. Gavour says presidents and vice presidents operate differently and classified materials can travel with them. The president essentially has a skiff following him <laughs> wherever he is so that he can make the, the necessary decisions that's needed. Staff members are tasked with managing the materials, but that mobile model increases the likelihood something will get shuffled into the wrong place and then packed up at the end of a term instead of being returned to the National Archives as required. With separate special counsels now investigating President Biden and former President Trump's handling of classified documents, Gavor says when they knew about the materials and how they responded will be critical. Former President Trump appears to have resisted repeated efforts to recover roughly 300 classified documents. The special counsel will have drastically more information, but I will say generally, obstruction of justice is a federal crime. We're in uh, Knoxville, Virginia. Back with and, Jimmy uh, Jones, he long ago traded submarines for saddles. Feels like a different world, but... This is a good world. But while his life is now in the countryside, he still wants to know the country's most sensitive secrets won't fall into the wrong hands. Alice Barr, NBC News. Check of pollen and mold is up just slightly over yesterday, but not too much change there. The temperatures, though, were way up from the low to mid 60s yesterday, 75 today. And we've got more warmth ahead before some soaking rain and storms cool us off a bit. We'll take you through that in first warning weather.
This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. The Los Angeles Fire Department rescued a woman after her vehicle fell 100 feet down into an embankment yesterday afternoon. The woman suffered serious injuries and due to the severity of the terrain, emergency crews had to hoist her from the scene to an air ambulance. Following the rescue, crews remained at the scene there and worked to stabilize the vehicle, which was resting against a tree. Scary situation. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. We need to update you on something we told you about earlier in the newscast about Thrall. Thrall ISD uh, initially was unsure because they didn't have power, but we've been told by Thrall ISD that power has been restored and they do plan to proceed with their school on a two-hour delay starting tomorrow. So a two-hour delay for th uh, Thrall schools starting tomorrow. Hey, at least so, they're getting their power back. Right, right, and a lot of people unfortunately still don't have their power. Thousands of people. I guess the only saving grace here, Nick, is that the weather has been really nice for cleanup efforts and it's been mild for people who don't have air conditioning or heat right now. Right, and the, the nights will be warmer too tonight compared to last night, so you're not going to be as cold, uh, at least those who are without power here again tonight. Uh, let's take it out to what it feels like across the state, which is incredibly warm just about everywhere. We've even got some 80s on the there in Laredo. Most of the state, though, in the 70s, and we could be matching these high temperatures as we head through the day tomorrow. First, we head into tonight. Most of the night spent into the 50s. We expect mid to low 50s for overnight lows, but by midday tomorrow, upper 60s and low 70s and high temperatures coming in in the mid 70s here tomorrow afternoon. So it's almost a repeat of today's high temperatures here for tomorrow. Even Tuesday, 70s, but we do have a cold front coming in later in the day, and that'll be bringing some rain with it, too, knocking down temperatures briefly into the mid-60s on Wednesday, but then temperatures already starting to recover to almost 70 here as we head into Thursday. Not many clouds across the state, but just like last night and this morning, we expect clouds to thicken back up and fog to develop by the time you wake up. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if there's way more cloudiness and uh, potentially some thicker, more widespread fog as we begin your Monday. So maybe set the alarm a little bit early tomorrow to take the kids to school and for you to go to work because the visibility looks like it might be rather low in some places and possibly some areas of dense fog. These clouds last a little bit longer through the morning, but I still expect that by Monday afternoon the sun is out. It'll be a breezy, warm second half of the day as temperatures jump into the mid-70s. Then we head into Tuesday as the wet weather starts to arrive. It's generally light, spotty showers Tuesday morning. The showers get a little more numerous in the afternoon and evening, but the heaviest rain looks to arrive Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. You see some of these areas of oranges uh, and even some reds indicating some heavier rain. So Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, the heaviest rain, and then that rain starts to pull out of here as we head into Wednesday afternoon. And unfortunately, for those of you watching in the Hill Country where you need the rain the most, we're thinking you end up with the least amount of rain. So tonight, increasing clouds late. We'll get some fog into tomorrow morning. Overnight lows dropping into the 50s and then we'll go with 75 for the day tomorrow with clouds and fog to start the day uh, giving way to sunshine. Here's the timeline of the wet weather 
Fairly widespread, at least light rain a good portion of the day Tuesday. It gets heavier later in the day, a high of 70. 80% chance of measurable rain during the day. That jumps to 90% Tuesday night and a 60% chance of rain for Wednesday morning before that sun comes out in the afternoon. These rainfall expectations have unfortunately dropped, especially west of 35, less than a half an inch, but a half inch or greater for those of you east of 35. The flash flood threat has also dropped, but we still have a marginal one out of four risk for Austin and Northeast. We've also introduced a severe weather threat southeast and east of Austin, a one out of five risk there. Main concern for some gusty, potentially damaging winds Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. By Wednesday afternoon, we're drying in the 60s, upper 60s with sunshine Thursday. A stronger but drier cold front drops us into the 50s for Friday. And then next weekend, we're warming back through the 60s again. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. The Dallas Mavericks are the talk of the NBA with reports of their latest trade involving one of the most controversial and talented players in the league. According to multiple reports, Kyrie Irving is going to Dallas. The Mavericks have traded Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith to the Brooklyn Nets for Irving, two second-round picks, and an unprotected first-round pick in 2029. Irving is 11th in the league in scoring. He averages 27 points per game. His presence will certainly uh, give the Mavs the most talented backcourt in the Western Conference with Irving and Luka Doncic. So let's take a look at the uh, standings right here where the Mavericks currently are in the West. Dallas in sixth place right now behind the Phoenix Suns, not shown in this, but the Clippers in fourth. This is a move, obviously, in which Dallas with a 28-26 record trying to jump up a few spots there with Irving. And his talent, they'll face the Utah Jazz tomorrow night without Luka. Still no official word from the team on this trade. All right, college basketball. Texas is one win away from their 20th of the season. They earned win number 19 on Saturday in a comeback effort over Kansas State. The Wildcats led by 14 in the first half, but the Longhorns surged in the second, outscoring the Wildcats 44-30. to Texas got great performances from Jabari Rice, who scored 14 points and pulled down the team-high 10 rebounds. Christian Bishop scored 14 off the bench. And it was the kind of game in which Texas showed they're a top 10 team. Now they've got another team they've got to get ready for who's in the top 10 tomorrow. You know what? This is one of the best wins I've been a part of. I've been doing Division One a long time and coaching for 30-plus years, and this is a great win tonight. We were going to get a chance to have two great opportunities to play against two great teams in great atmospheres well-coached teams uh, on their home court. So, you know, we looked at it again as, as, a, as an opportunity for us, you know, 40 minutes by 40 minutes. I mean, we hadn't even really thought about, about Kansas. We had a really, really difficult task here at hand to deal with Kansas State here on their home court first. You know, we'll enjoy this for one night. That's right. We'll just be one night. Texas is going to now have to face the eighth-ranked Kansas Jayhawks right, right below the Wildcats. Kansas is coming off of a 15-point loss to Iowa State, so they'll be hopping mad. Tip-off is tomorrow at 8 o'clock. We're back. The UT women's basketball team has battled their share of adversity throughout the season as they were ranked high, then fell out of the top 25 for a while. Well, they're back ranked and they're starting to soar as they are now on a five-game winning streak. Texas had to pull off a comeback effort at Allen Fieldhouse against the Kansas Jayhawks, but they accomplished the mission, led by Deanna Gaston's 24-point and 7-rebound effort, and aided by Sonia Morris and her 17-point performance. The Longhorns were able to complete the comeback mission and defeat the Jayhawks by three. They're still learning and they're still figuring it out. But players like, you know, Shaylee and, and Sonia, I mean, those kids are so much better today than they were a month ago, two months ago, three months ago. 
they're trying to play hard defensively and do what we want to do. You know, it, it just it's fun for me because I see it, and uh, if I can get them to play at our very best by the end of, of February and March, this team will have a chance. Yep, that's right. Next up for them will be Texas Tech. Hmm. Rivalry game coming up on Wednesday, so that'll be a good one. That should Moody be. All righty. Thanks, Jonathan. We'll be right back with a final look at your forecast. Stay with us. I woke up this morning and it was uh, I saw a haze in the sky. I thought for at first somebody was burning debris, which is not a good idea. But then I noticed it was just fog. It passed pretty quickly. We've got more on the way. Yeah, a more hazy beginning to your morning tomorrow. Right. Expected. Let's talk about the fog that we expect to start with here tomorrow. And uh, here it is. Well, there's some people in the background, but uh, they won't <laughs> like the fog tomorrow either. Here's what the visibility does as we head through the night and into tomorrow morning. The visibility there in miles does drop, so there could be some areas of dense fog to begin your day. That's 7 o'clock Monday, but by, say, 10, 11 o'clock, I think that fog is gone. And then we have a lot of sunshine on the way for your Monday afternoon. Look at how these temperatures jump mid-70s again tomorrow. Yeah, very nice. Tell us more about those people. I don't know who they are. <laughs> See you, <it>, Tim. <laughs>